Got it. Nuclear secrets. That's what they were after. Okay. <laughs> Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Glad to be with you, friends. You're listening to the What's Right Show. It is Friday. We made it through a week. What a week. <laughs> All right. So Trump is not opposing the release of the documents that the Justice Department had, the warrant and the receipts, of course he's not challenging them. He wants them out. I still am not completely convinced that the Justice Justice Department turned them over to his lawyers. But here's what I think about the nuclear secrets narrative. See, I think, as I said yesterday on this program, I think that the feds are a little... Well, on their on 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 in a retreat position on this, they're in defense. So you have Merrick Garland. He gets up and he gives his quick press conference. Uh, the sum of it, which is you know nothing to see here, folks. The FBI, they're great people, and any uh, <clears throat> any statements and allegations to the contrary is. Basically unpatriotic. So you, got, you cannot question the FBI. And uh, what else happens? So he, he says, uh, you know, and, and look, we've, you know, we've conducted a search. I authorized it. And everyone leaves the press conference. And by everyone, I mean anybody rational leaves the press conference. What, what, what the hell was that? So you authorized it, but the president didn't know anything about it. You haven't told us anything. The whole thing's under seal. What are you hiding? And then comes this leak that manifestly came from the Department of Justice, be it from the AG's office or from the FBI, about this being an effort to retrieve nuclear secrets. And I think that was a reaction to how poorly, how poorly everyone reacted to the press conference. Okay, we got to give them something. We've got to justify this. It can't just be that we're you know, looking for some, you know, I, I, whatever. And it brings me to this. I don't find this part of it believable. And even if it's absolutely 100% true, it brings me back to, uh, brings me back to the gist of what I was saying early on here is Trump, while he was president, just like Biden now as president, has the unilateral power to declassify anything at any time. The only limitation to it is that he has to do it while he's president. So assuming now for a moment that there are actual nuke secret documents in the basement of Mar-a-Lago, or were at the time of this raid, (laughs) yeah, okay, um, he probably got them there before his presidency ended. Remember, he wasn't at Trump and his whole he he left Washington hours, maybe even a day before his term ended, if I recall. And he there's no formal process by which these documents get declassified. He literally could 
he could say, I declassified these and declared these declassified three days before my term ended. And I don't think there's a way that the Department of Justice could prove otherwise. Because again, the proof, the burden of proof would be on them and there is no formal receipt for declassification as I understand the law. Now, I absolutely could see a situation where Trump kept things because he's a, he's a guy that cares about, you know, about stuff and things that have happened, and he's proud of his record as president. So I absolutely could see him keeping, for example, a letter from the North Korean dictator. For one, I could see that. Kim Jong-un, some love letters from him as mementos and keepsakes. So I, that I believe. But nuke secrets, keeping those, I, this whole thing just does not add up to me, friends. So we'll see where it goes through the weekend, how it further develops. But man alive, my take on this is uh, I think the Department of Justice is, uh, is, is in defense mode and it's starting to get desperate. And that, of course, can lead to all sorts of unpre- unpredictable twists and turns. Now... I want to move on beyond the story because there's something that's happened earlier this week where I, I think this is, I think that this is just absolutely uh, important uh, to go over and touch on. And that is we have, we have a concerted effort. I talk about this frequently here on the program, concerted effort to normalize the sexual abuse of children. I began talking about it yesterday on the show and I just ran out of time because all we get together is one hour and it goes by toot sweet. I shared with you this, a gal who is a uh, sex therapist, apparently works for the prison system, I think in Pennsylvania. Nonetheless, uh, she begins, uh, has a video that was captured by Libs of TikTok online. I played for you the first uh, two parts of this here i'm gonna just a snippet to remind you this is her talking about the term map minor attracted person which is the new politically correct woke term for pedophile and this is what this crazy deranged but not out of the norm for the radical left woman has to say about all of this you may have noticed that i'm using the term minor attracted persons sometimes abbreviated to MAPS, instead of the more commonly used term pedophile. And I'm doing this because the term pedophile has moved from being a diagnostic label to being a judgmental, hurtful insult that we hurl at people in order to harm them or slander them. I also prefer person-first language that recognizes that any label we might apply to a person is only part of who they are. So to start with, let's talk about what a minor attracted person is or who they are. This term simply means that the person has an enduring sexual or romantic attraction to minors. They've not chosen this attraction, just as the rest of us have not chosen whatever our attraction is. You don't get to choose to be heterosexual or to be gay or or whatever you are. And you don't get to choose to be a minor attracted person. You don't have a choice in how you were born and what you are or who you are attracted to. Now, she's 
probably right on that point. Okay, I'm not a scientist, um, not a doctor, but I think there's certainly uh, these these you know types of things are innate. What troubles me and ought to trouble you, in fact, what ought to terrify all of us is that there is this concerted effort underway to normalize pedophilia, to treat it like, well, what does she say? It's just like, you know, you're, you're born homosexual, you're born gay. Well, the difference, woman, is <laughs> that a gay person wanting to have sex with another, a man wanting to have a relationship with the man, those are consenting adults. And we, as freedom-loving Americans, at least I'm speaking now for myself, I happen to think, you know, consenting adults, what they want to do behind whatever is your business. Their business. It's, that's freedom. But we have decided as a society now for many years in the making that kids... Children, 17 and younger, deserve special protection in our society. And so I have to take a quick break here, but I, I want to tie this into the gender-affirming movement because we have given up on our duty to protect children in, in the name of woke political correctness. And it's happened over and over again historically. Now it's just in the context of these sex operations, you know, gender change operations, trans issues. But it's happened before, and I'll explain what I mean by that. And you'll go, aha, you're right, Sam, correct. It's all coming together. All right, friends, don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue in just a few minutes. You're listening to News Talk 840 KXNT. If you've been in an accident, there's no reason to call a sleazy lawyer. It's not just about the settlement check. It's about representing your interests and your values. So call Sam and Ash at 702-820-1234 or visit samandashlaw.com. Sam Rajovsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. I saw another video that was just... So sad. I, I, maybe you caught it. It was a a news report about a, a, a young uh, kid, and the 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 kid is you know uh, being interviewed about why they are uh, trans, and the, the at at points in the interview, I, the kid's maybe six or seven years old. You can hear the mother coaching the answers that the kid is giving to the news reporter. And that's fine. Look, if I, I've never had my kids interviewed by a news reporter. I imagine a six or seven-year-old needs to be coached on their answers. Uh, but I, you know, were helped along, I should say. But my concern, of course, is, uh, is that parent coaching that kid through interviews with behavioral psychologists and sex therapists and, you know, at, at various stages through their transitioning process. Because if the parent isn't there to protect the kid from machinery that is intent on transitioning as many kids as possible, who will stand up for this kid? I mean, we're certainly as a society, as a government, as a country, we are failing 
these children. I mentioned a few weeks ago the Rotherham, no, excuse me, the scandal with the facility in in England uh, that is under uh, right now under God, the name escapes me of the place, but it's a it was the the only facility in the NHS in the public health care system in Great Britain that transitions teens. And now even the BBC is reporting that this place is rife with abuse. Counselors have rushed through children as young as 11 and 12 into surgeries where their genders, well, their bodies are, are essentially being mutilated and finding that these kids now, a number of them are suing these doctors that ran this facility and claiming that they were railroaded. And the facility's, I think, in the process of being shut down. Now, I bring this up because it's very sad then to see videos come out from hospitals here in the U.S. who are doing precisely the same thing. Boston's Children's Hospital they came out with the video explaining this, by the way, in great length then describing the hysterectomies that they're performing on young girls who have come in and decided to transition. But this particular part of the video to me was particularly telling. I want you to pay close attention to the language that this lady uses. This is for Boston's Children's University. They do a lot of these trans operations. Listen to this. They know that they are transgender from the moment that they have any ability to express themselves. And parents will often tell us this. We have parents who tell us that their kids, they knew from the minute they were born practically. And actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate, trying to stand to urinate, refusing to stand to urinate, trying on siblings' clothing, uh, playing with the quote opposite gender toys things like that there is more and more a group of adolescents that we are seeing that really are coming to the realization that they might be trans or gender diverse a little bit later on in their life so what we're seeing from them is that they always sort of knew something was maybe off and didn't have the understanding to know that they might be trans or have a different gender identity than the one they had been assigned so that is a, a growing population that they are that we are seeing and that's being recognized as being trans and able to be treated so here is what she's saying we have parents who will tell us that their kids knew from the moment they were born practically and actions like refusing to get a haircut or standing to urinate trying to stand here because parents are coming in saying my kid my boy was playing with dolls my boy doesn't want to stand up to pee at the toilet my boy doesn't want to get his hair cut so maybe perhaps my boy 11 or 12 needs to go in and be treated medically undergo chemical castration let's call this what this is because he's gender non-conforming I'm going to say this again. If this doesn't absolutely shock you, 
If you're not absolutely disgusted by this, uh, I, I have no words. But what I, what, I, what I think bears mentioning over and over again is that for as long as I can remember, certainly predating my time on this planet, the feminism movement in this country, I, you know, to some extent rightfully so, uh, tried to make a case for the fact that, you know, there, there isn't a gender standard for how to act or what colors to like or what toys to play with. By way of example, I grew up being told that, you know, a, a boy can wear pink and a girl can play with trucks, you know? And that's okay because, you know, these things are learned. You know, well, if you're a girl, you're going to play with pink. And we're, that's actually something that we as a society have put on kids. Oh, you're a girl. Well, there's the girl section in the toy store. You're a boy. There's a boy section. And for years, the politically correct thing was, hey, if you're a boy and you want to play with Barbies, fine. By the way, I, 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 knew, some, I knew a kid who played with Barbies, a guy. We did, did you know, I mean, I played with Legos, and uh, so I thought it was weird. But um, did we make fun of him? Probably, because we were kids, but not, not, not like anything too crazy, but it was, you know, but he, he wasn't trans. He just liked dolls. It doesn't mean he needed to be set to a hospital to be chemically castrated. We've completely lost our minds here. And at the same time, we have people trying to tell us that pedophiles aren't pedophiles, that they're just minor attracted people, and that's the way they were born. And we really shouldn't call them nasty names. Folks, we've got to wake up to what is happening here. We have to take a stand. Because children, our young people, deserve to be protected you know, if, if I, as a parent, abuse my child, the government, the police, the state steps in, hopefully, right, in, in theory, steps in to protect my child from me as a parent. There are plenty of bad parents out there. But I am telling you, I'm convinced of it. And going back to, I think what I shared some weeks ago from Bill Maher talking about how is it possible that in these certain bougie private schools in West LA, there's, you know, 20% of the kids are trans. I'm telling you why that is. It's the parents. These parents are raging, raging lunatics. And also, mind you, woke status obsessed. And for them, it is a, oh, it is just, it's a little badge of, of honor. Oh, I have a, my, one of my kids is trans. Well, yeah, of course. Isn't one of your kids trans? Of course. It's the, it's the new cool thing. I've shared the story with you many times where my son, uh, he's 14 now, so he's mortified because many of his friends' parents listen to the show. But I'm just going to tell you the story again because it's funny. He, one time I walked into the bathroom, he's sitting on the countertop. I probably, he's three years old, maybe, maybe three and a half. And he's putting on makeup. He's trying to use using one of one of my wife's his mom's brushes on his face to apply makeup. And I kind of had one of these moments like, what, what, the, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> what, what did I walk in on? 
And Sherry goes, he watches me. I put him up on the counter to get my makeup on so I don't, you know, we we, we do this every morning and, and, you know, he sees me do this, so he wants to do what I'm doing. Doesn't mean we send him to Boston's Children's University to, you know, to, to be forever altered. If you've got a boy with an older girl sibling, he wants to do what she's doing. That's normal. Kids mimic. Kids also pretend to be things. Kids refuse to get haircuts. Boys, believe it or not, some of them like having long hair. It doesn't mean that they're trans. This, all of this has just gone beyond the pale. I got to run. Quick, quick timeout. What's Right Show, Sam Rajofsky, here on News Talk 840 KXNT. Personal injury law is constantly changing. Uber and Lyft accidents aren't like other cases, but most law firms haven't kept up. Don't trust a new case to a lawyer who's stuck in the past. Call Sam and Ash, 702-820-1234, or visit samandashlaw.com. You're listening to the What's Right Show. Sam Rajofsky here reminding you of yesterday's montage of clips from when Trump was getting impeached the first time. Listen to this. news tonight, new bombshell. This is the beginning, not the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The walls closing in. The walls closing in. Breaking overnight bombshell. This is a very dramatic day, and I think it might be near a tipping point. Do you think this is a tipping point? This is unbelievable. This is remarkable. Have you ever seen anything like this? His presidency is crypto. December 1st, 2017, you can mark it down. This is the day that everything changed. We begin with the bombshell. The beginning of the end? The beginning of the end. That is what we heard for four years when Trump was in the White House. I'm sorry I keep coming back to this because now it's just, there's, I don't even think that these people understand how wrong they were all along. Joe and Mika this morning, more unhinged than usual, repeating the same line that we are, I think, by now completely sick of hearing. It sounds like everything we've heard for the past five and a half years. Listen. Former president once claimed innocent people don't plead the fifth. So what does that say about him after he invoked the Fifth Amendment hundreds of times during his deposition with the state of New York yesterday? Yee. Walls are closing in. Does he still think it's just walls are closing in? (laughs) The walls are closing in. Breaking news tonight. New bombshell. This is the beginning, (laughs) not the end. The beginning of the end. The walls are closing in. The wall. (laughs) These clips are from from three years ago, four years ago. And then they're still repeating the same stuff. So I, to me, I, as, I, as I think about it and I'm scanning everything that's going on because it's a live show and I have to react to things, you know, as they come up, I, I see this, these nuclear documents, top secret documents. This is the new Russia collusion. And, and, and friends, if you don't think they're capable of making stuff up, you, you haven't been awake for the past five years. It's all about the ends justifying the means to get this guy and to get him good, whatever it takes. Because if you believe that Trump is the most dangerous man to democracy and you see him start to pick up steam and get 
close to a second presidential run that might see him installed back in office, you will pull no punches. Because these people actually think that he is the most racist, the most dangerous, the most repugnant man on the planet who will will end the United States as we know it. And when you think that, when you have that idea in your mind, um, what would you not be willing to do? Now think about that. Now I'm hearing some people say that they think perhaps with some luck, the FBI could have found the missing George W. Bush weapons of mass destruction in the basement at Mar-a-Lago. So we'll find out if that, if there's any credence to those, to those assertions. All right, friends, again, listening to the What's Right show, Sam Rajofsky here, powering through this Friday. I think the weather gods might have heard me my lament yesterday about my car getting only sprinkled on two days ago and then managing to congeal all the dust that was on it and making my car look even worse. So I I was caught in the downpour last night. Those of you not in Las Vegas, let me uh, tell you, I was on the strip last night during the deluge. In fact, I was outside. I was on a patio at Resorts World and I sat there and I felt one giant drop on the top of my head. I thought it might have been a bird, if you know what I mean. Uh, So got a little worried, instantly felt a second, a third. I stood up. This is how fast it happened. I stood up. I was there with a buddy. I said, you know, we got to go. And as we're walking to the door, just a downpour of rain. If you haven't experienced rain like we have here during monsoon season in Vegas, Wow, it is it is something it is something else. And by the time I left the restaurant, I got in my car and I was driving home up on the backside of the strip. I mean, there was there was already flooding was 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 getting was underway. It was absolutely madness. I was glad I didn't have to go far, but uh, wow, just an absolutely uh, uh, incredible weather event and lightning and it absolutely stunning so but don't worry we're all good the what's right studios are dry as can be we had just one leak in the roof unlike planet hollywood oh which is all this no it's um which was the what what's what uh, casino was it where it was just raining through the roof no it was coming through the roof and soaking everybody it happened two weeks ago it's happened again well, it doesn't matter. It just was it, not, not the, we're not built for the rain. I'll put it that way. You know, it's nice here 300, you know, 60 days of the year. And then it rains. We get all of our rain in a short amount of time. Friends, let me say something. And I say this as an employer. Uh, this story, I, I'm, I'm loving that the outgoing Whole Foods CEO, John Mackey, is out on a warpath over woke workers. He's worrying about socialists taking everything over from the military to education to business to the government. And he's, you know, this is an interesting guy. He founded Whole Foods years ago. Turns out he's pretty conservative. Then Whole Foods, of course, sold to Amazon. He stayed on as CEO, and he's retiring. 
And here's, um, here's just so you hear a little bit of it from his um, own words. Uh, he's, he's talking about, this is him getting interviewed mid-July at Freedom Fest right here in Las Vegas, interviewed by Nick Gillespie of Reason Magazine. Here's just a short clip from that. I can talk more about politics and in six weeks than I can today. What is, uh, just broadly, what is your concern? Is it that everything is more politicized in terms My of... My concern is that I feel like socialists are taking over, they're marching through the institutions, they're taking everything over, they and uh, taking over education. It looks like they've taken over a lot of the corporations, it looks like they've taken over... Um, the military, and, and it's just continuing. Yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm deeply concerned. Now, the, what's, what's interesting about this is John Mackey, he's actually one of the good guy capitalists that the left ought to celebrate. I mean, this the, as a boss, back when Whole Foods was Whole Foods and it didn't belong to Amazon, it was a great place to work. They paid their employees well. Employees were happy and and. Many of them stayed for years and years. It was the perfect company. It's actually the way capitalism really works and creates, you know, the both a product, right, a good or service that the customer wants, and at the same time also creates an environment where people want to work. And I identify with this because as a boss, I, I've always worked really hard to create businesses where people are making good money, they're getting paid good wages, where they're treated with respect, where they're given opportunities to grow and level up. And ultimately, of course, I think as a business owner, I've always benefited from the fact that I've been wildly successful because I treat people with respect. They love coming to work. Our customers, our clients, here at Sam and Ash, our clients can feel it because there's a difference, right? You call up another law firm where the guy's a jerk and yells at his people all the time and doesn't pay them well, and they sound miserable on the phone when you talk to them. And here, you know, things are different. I have a long history of this, and I, I've always felt that this is the, you know, this is the best best way forward. So Mackey's one of these guys I've always followed, and know that he's that's been his his mantra as a leader. And he's, he calls it conscious capitalism, right? Businesses that seek to, in his words, create financial, intellectual, social, cultural, emotional, spiritual, physical wealth for all of their stakeholders. And he doesn't mean just shareholders. He means stakeholders who even can be considered customers who are, are loyal and regular and shop at that store. So, um, so you know he's he's a hardcore capitalist, but at the, you know, but but he understands something that's critical about capitalism that all of these woke, money pinching corporations don't. By the way, see these woke companies, they're all out there screaming about how you know got to be socially responsible, but then they don't take care of their employees. They're all preaching to us how we're supposed to raise our kids. They want to take our kids from us if we don't get them vaccinated. They're paying for those causes. But internally, they don't create a culture that then produces a great product for us, the consumers. It's a fascinating thing. So I admire this guy. But he's talk, he talks about being muzzled. And when we come back, I want to – I'm muzzled. That's a big word. 
can't speak openly. Because in this clip that I played, he says, in six weeks, I can tell you more. Well, what's happening in six weeks from now? Well, he's retiring. And he plans on doing more talking. I'll share with you why that is when we come back. Don't go anywhere. The What's Right Show will continue in just a moment. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840 KXNT. Hi, welcome back. Sam Rajofsky here, News Talk 840, talking about outgoing Whole Foods CEO John Mackey blasting young woke workers, socialists running amok through the country, damaging our institutions, corporate boards, etc., etc. Now, it's catching people who don't know him. It's catching him by surprise because they're going, well, I thought Whole Foods was a hippity-dippity business. I... You know, I thought that guy, I think they're all granola and, you know, and, and, and liberal. And I mentioned just before the break that, in fact, he has been uh, an advocate for, John Mackey, for an, a, a concept called conscious capitalism. And he has his explanation of it. I'll tell you mine. I, my, mine is you end up making more money if you are good to your people and good to your customers. That's true capitalism. To build the best possible product, to build the best possible service that people want, you need to you it you're incentivized to treat people well. And true business people get this. Trust me. And this is what he did, and that's how he made Whole Foods a wild success, um, and eventually sold to Amazon. So. so going in the toilet a little bit, I, I think. Not the same story that it once was. Anyway, he is retiring soon, and he, you know, he spoke out a little bit about Obamacare and got shut down. So here's his, here, he talks about being muzzled. And I, I ask you here, uh, if you find any of what this guy is saying, I realize he's a fabulously wealthy CEO who cashed out with Amazon, so he's got millions and millions of dollars in the bank, but Let's see if you find any portion of this relatable. In six weeks, I will retire from Whole Foods. And I have muzzled myself ever since 2009. I wrote that Wall Street Journal op-ed that created this bad, huge yeah, about controversy Obamacare. About, about Obamacare. Yeah. But that created a huge yeah. controversy, and my board basically shut me down. And, mm-hmm. the, and I was intimidated enough to shut up. Yeah. I hear the story, you know, Bernie Marcus was one of the founders of, of Home Depot, and uh, he's he's pretty conservative, libertarian guy. He started the Job Creators Network, and so Bernie's pretty outspoken. And I, and I read an article one time that people were constantly going after Home Depot to get them to shut up Bernie Marcus. And Home Depot has to say, Bernie retired over 20 years ago. We can't shut him up. You got to take it to Bernie. Well, I was telling my leadership team, pretty soon you're going to be hearing about Crazy John who's no longer muzzled, and you're going to have to say, we can't stop John from talking any longer. We need John unmuzzled sooner rather than later. Now, parking that point there for a moment, it's relatable, isn't it? You know, can you imagine a world where you can't express yourself for fear of losing your job? Having your employer say, no, don't say that? Well, why? Oh, yeah, well, as Matt, yeah, we can. Of course we can. We can't speak out against the mutilation of children for the sake of, you know, this insane 
promotion of trans ideology. We can't speak out against gun control. We can't speak out against other issues that face us against homelessness, against crime, against real racism. These are all different individual topics, but we can't speak out as conservatives against them because what? Suddenly we're transphobic. We want kids and people to die from gun violence. We are, are racists. If we mention any issues related to, I don't know, affirmative action, the open border, and the list goes on. I, I want to make this really clear. I don't think liberals live in the same world we do. If you're a lib, you can spout off on, on Twitter all day long about all your liberal issues, and everybody just goes, oh, my gosh, you're so great. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And if you have a conservative boss like me, I don't care. I'm a First Amendment guy. Whatever you think is fine. You know, back in my head, I might think you're an idiot, but it doesn't affect your standing in my company. Are you doing good work? Yes, fine by me. In fact, I have even some friends that have ideas that I find abhorrent. I still am fine being their friend. But they're the, they're the intolerant ones. They're the ones that cannot, will not accept an opposing opinion. They are the ones that want to muzzle us, that don't want to hear what a successful CEO who's built a business that has been selling them their freaking granola for years, that they're, you know, they don't want to hear from that guy. And the reason for it, friends, is they are incapable of processing opposing viewpoints. They are emotionally strung out on a limb intellectually, if you can even call it intellectualism. But for, for the left, it's not about facts. It's about feelings. And you can't reason with them. And more importantly, if you use your facts to challenge their feelings, they feel what? Attacked. It is a personal criticism. That's why they talk about safe spaces. That's why they talk about, you know, about, about language, you know, dangerous language. And, 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 and describe, by the way, any challenges to their trans ideology as bullying, right? You know that term. It's bullying, well, we need to get to a point in this country where we begin talking again to one another. And by the way, to all of my friends on the left, we were born with one mouth and two ears. You can't, you can't keep broadcasting your insane BS. And then the minute that you hear, start hearing a retort, a counter opinion cover those two ear holes that you have and go run away crying that you've been assaulted that is not okay it is not healthy it is not how we heal as a society by the way this is fundamentally my problem with twitter 
and other social media platforms, they, they encourage this. This type of, of behavior of avoiding other people's views is what Twitter does. That is the Twitter algorithm. Shadow banning controversial people. You saw, and we've talked about extensively during COVID. By the way, I don't know if you saw this. The Yeah, the, <laughs> the CDC came out with new regulations on COVID. Oh, don't worry. No, no, no. They, they finally came back to the point of being exactly where we were this entire time. Those exposed to the virus are no longer required to quarantine. Unvaccinated people now have the same guidance as vaccinated people. What? Students can stay in class after being exposed to the virus and so forth and so on. But one year ago, if you wrote this on your Twitter, you were banned. You were potentially kicked off the platform. Now, if you stand up for maybe, I don't know, a confused kid not being chemically castrated at 13, you're labeled a transphobe. And just maybe, some years from now, we'll be looked at as heroes. So I am, I have hopes, I am optimistic. I want people to speak out. It's time we take back America. And it starts by making them listen. Because listening is what's needed right now. All right, friends, got to take the weekend. We're going to have a Food Friday show. Yes, you don't want to miss that. Sam Rajofsky, get that on the podcast. You know where to find us. What's Right Show? Uh, Back on Monday, I'll see you then.